Hey guys, welcome to the Jiu-Jitsu Junction podcast. My name is Andre, and in this episode, I'm with my friend Chase, and we discuss many of the things that are required to be a good Jiu-Jitsu training partner. I hope you enjoy the episode, and if you have any feedback, comments, or questions, I would love it if you leave it in the comment section below. Thank you, and let's just get right into it. So today we're, we're going to be talking about how to be a good drilling partner and kind of what goes into it because it's a very many faceted topic and in order to be the best drilling partner you can be you have to keep a lot of things in mind. So let's start with some of the super basic things that you might need to consider in order to kind of establish a baseline of being a training partner that somebody is going to want to drill with. First thing I have written here is hygiene. So let's let's look at some more specific things that we actually need to do uh, in order to meet kind of the hygiene requirements that we should all be doing, but not everybody seems to be doing. General rule is cover your skin. Um, long sleeves, you know, uh, spats under your shorts, um, things like that will go a long way kind of from the beginning. But if you have anything open that you can visibly see, uh, you know, blood or, or, you know, skin under your normal skin, it needs to be covered. Uh, there, there are all types of, uh, new skin and things that'll, that'll cover it up. But most of the time, just your waterproof bandaid is your best bet. It doesn't cause too much other types of damage to it. Um, so that's definitely when your first checkpoint. You got some open wound, we have to cover it up. So new skin, liquid bandage, uh, you, you just kind of paste it on over, over whatever cut you have. And I do it until I see actual real skin underneath. And I, I cover it for long, probably longer than I need to, but I'd rather be safe. Um, yeah, you but it but it, or... it it definitely stings. So if you have to if you have to do it, just kind of be aware that uh, it it's not going to be pleasant. But I think it's probably the most effective way to be covering up any cuts that we have on our skin. Yeah. So the the next thing I want to like talk about is actual rules for how short your nails really need to be, because you see a lot of variance based off of who you find on the mat. So there are people who don't cut their nails at all. Um, and then there are people who, uh, who might think that they're cutting their nails enough, but really I feel like when you're grabbing a hold of somebody, it needs to be really short. For sure. Yeah. in in wrestling, the referees will actually check, uh, and they, they touch your fingers and if they can feel fingernail when they touch the tip of your finger. That's kind of the rule. So you want to be able to touch the tip of your finger and you shouldn't feel fingernails. And that way you can, you know, you know physically you can grab with your fingertips and not have nails in anybody. So that's a good little check there. Okay, yeah, and that's that's something that I feel like uh, most jiu-jitsu schools don't really talk about. They, they just, they put something up on the wall and it says, trim your nails. But I feel like maybe they, maybe they should be more specific. Yeah, I always carry some in your bag. So if anybody needs fingernail, hey, I got some. Yeah, I, yep, I keep sure. some in my bag for sure. For sure, yep. I, I, I keep mine on my keychain. So Makes sense. Um, okay, so the hair thing is probably not too important for me, but, uh, you know, the, 
So keeping your hair uh, out of the way, clean, like what what are... And if it's in... I, I don't really understand. I've had long hair almost the whole time I've trained. So I don't understand when people don't uh, wear their gear, like they when they don't put their hair up and they just let their hair grow on their face and... It's like, uh, it's not my responsibility to watch your hair. Yeah. Um, you know, and I find myself having to, you know, people that don't tie their hair up, like watch pinning their hair down when I go to grab a choke, not grabbing their hair. Um, I, I always tie my hair up. I, I don't like it getting pinned or grabbed. So I don't really, under, I guess that, it all goes back to ignorance. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah and, and something that I run uh, into is that um, it's their long hair. I accidentally grab it. And I'm the one getting blamed, but that I don't really feel like that's my fault. And I think it's just kind of a misconception that that, that it's not a big deal. It really is a big deal. That's like that's a that's a lot of stuff that you're supposed to avoid right around one of the main things that you're attacking in jujitsu, right? Man, I had a I had an MMA fight, uh, and a guy had some big thick dreads. I'd probably say bundled together that big around. I had a triangle. And a guillotine, and both of them, uh, I couldn't get the clamp on the back of his neck from his dread. So it was definitely that. I mean, and his was kept nice, you know, he done the best he could with the hair he had. But even that, I mean, uh, long, yeah, gotta keep, we've gotta keep our hair out of our face. It stays out of our opponent's face, our partner's face. Um, and it just kind of, it, it takes the worry away from my partner. I don't, I don't want my partner to have to worry about my hair. If I have a partner, I feel they're worrying about my hair. I'm like, hey, don't worry about my hair. It's my responsibility. So. Yeah, I wish more people thought that way. Um, so as far as like um, like the cleanliness aspect of of the hair, like do you have anything concrete? Uh, because you you mentioned dreads. Um, I know that like I don't. I've never had long hair. So uh, what kind of uh, other than putting it up and keeping it out of the way, like. How do we uh, how do how do we treat it? Because I know dreads are probably different. Yeah, than... definitely. Well, and I, I went through a period of training and competing where I had dreads. I thought it was the, and I got dreads because I thought it'd be the easiest way to pull my hair up together, and and it was. It, it stayed together. Um, I just had to clean actually clean my scalp more. It was kind of because dreads were uh, they pull your hair tight. Um, so I, I would get a little more, uh, like irritated hair follicles. So I, I would have to really, uh, extra clean. So it actually helped with mine as I would do extra around all the, the, the scalp of my head. I would have to kind of extra scrub. Mm -hmm. Um, and it cut out any issues I had, but that was one of the things, um, that I would do. I just have to keep my hair tied up and pulled up. That's, you know, uh, washing it daily, of course, you know, all of the above, because we sweat so much and you I can tell if I don't wash my hair in a day. So that's that's it too. Sometimes when people have dreads, they go three, four, five days without washing their hair. And if I go three or four or five days, that's 10, 10 training sessions of sweaty hair. Uh, so you d definitely, I, I wash my hair out extra when, I, when I'm training hard. And basically after every session? I mean, yeah, at, le at least. Yeah. Yeah. And even uh, some there, there are some thoughts about soap and everything. Even if you're just taking water and rinsing your hair out after every session then washing it once a day but it, it just uh, cuts down on smell and any type of folliculitis or anything that I ever had issues with the first why i had to really start scrubbing my scalp is when i would pull them up it, it kind of irritated the bottom and then it got irritated 
and I had like a little a bad little case of flicolitis and I had to get cream put cream on it and um, that actually why I started I was like you know what if I can't wash it after every session rinse it out after every session and I actually started using just a basic soap I mean it would hit my scalp not really get on my hair because of all the thought with you know, all the chemicals in your hair so I would just scrub my scalp and then rinse my scalp out okay. I mean that made a big difference well, that makes sense um, so general cleanliness uh, take take showers you animals do, do, do it do it do it like please please if, if you can rinse off before practice your training partners will appreciate it you don't have to do it immediately before uh, in fact it's probably better to do it like 30 to 45 minutes before if you if you work a physical labor job you need to rinse off before you train yeah um we have guys that work uh concrete jobs and will come literally right off the job still got concrete on his knuckles <laughs> um you know he, he, and that's that's where stuff gets spread around so like i believe hey man go, go rinse off go wash your arms go wash your legs like, yeah. um you know even if you're covering up, you know, you can wash. So I actually say that to said person. Yeah, yeah, I know, hey man, you're, you have know not, who you're talking about. <laughs> you have not rinsed off. Dude. Go, go rinse, go wash your arms and wash your legs off. You got you got concrete dust on your face. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, if, you, if you've been working a manual labor dog job, please just jump, jump in, jump out. Your partners, just wash your face and your arms and your hands. Your partners will definitely appreciate that. Yeah, yeah and I, I would, I would, yeah, I, I would also say that probably like you have to be using soap and and all of that stuff after after training a hundred percent that's mandatory it's a health it's a health concern um within 45 minutes within 45 minutes after training you need to be in a shower rinsed off um there's some products out there too some people that have long drives there's some yeah you could you could use wipes or something you just you just need to uh uh cut the multiplication of the bacteria that's on your skin basic basically yes, um, but I don't I don't really feel that using soap is quite as necessary for a pre-workout rinse yeah. like you don't you don't need to if if there's a shower at your gym or something like that you can easily just hop in the shower rinse off the particulates you know, maybe maybe rinse under your pits or something so that mm-hmm. <laughs> so that you're not like uh, disgusting your training partners. But that that's probably enough to be honest. Yeah. For sure, better than nothing. <laughs> better than nothing for sure. Yeah. Um, okay, so now uh, we're gonna go on to kind of like a related thing: uh, having having the appropriate gear. Yeah. Um... Man, that, that goes a lot of ways, right? It's uh, what to wear, when to wear it. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, you got There's a lot of stuff when it comes to geese. You have to wash your geese. Um, I don't dry my gi, uh, but I, I, I'm a guy that will wash a gi every single day and hang it up and it dries. And uh, I, I don't have a problem with it wearing a gi out. So you could definitely wash yeah. geese. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, so, so also, if you're going to a gi class, bring your gi um there sometimes sometimes we have an issue when it gets hot where uh people will decide oh you know what no gi sounds better to me if, if it's a gi class bring your damn gi because <laughs> because it, it really it cuts the effectiveness of of the class which is supposed to be about learning how to do jujitsu 
in a gi. Yeah, one of my biggest pet peeves as an instructor, as a kid's instructor, is when a kid will come to class and they, they want their gi. Like, hey, where's your gi? Oh, oh, it's in my bag. Oh, well. Put it on. <laughs> go put it on. Like, what are you doing? I'm trying to teach gi stuff. Yeah. And, <clears throat> and like, also, like, if you if you think about it from a no-gi jiu-jitsu perspective, there's, there's things that you also need to keep in mind there. Um, you really don't want to have pockets. Um, your, your, your gear needs to be either tucked away or ideally skin tight, like a rash guard. Um, people, people train in shirts. Uh, if they tuck it into their shorts, it's less of an issue, you know, but. Yeah, but now, like, why, why do you train in t-shirts now? Like, I don't, I don't understand some of that stuff. Like, I can buy a pack of three rash guards on Amazon <laughs> for twenty two ninety nine. Yeah. Yeah. So it's hard for me not to have rash guards. I guess if you got a cool t-shirt, you know, like a Team USA shirt, uh, you know, I've seen some of our guys do that stuff, but I don't really understand that either. Well, like, you man. could also just wear it to training and then switch into your rash guard. Then you get to be cool and then and then switch into what's appropriate back, for your no-gi jiu-jitsu. And then back to your cool shirt afterwards. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Uh, I've actually seen some bad stuff in a wrestling room. I wrestled in college and uh, loose t-shirt. I've seen a finger get snapped. Yeah. Um, pow, twisting and snapped, yeah. and uh, didn't when it snapped. Like it wasn't like just like it was tangled up in the kid's shirt. Like they had to untangle oh, it out of the kid's shirt. Oh, it was rough. It was yeah. a bad one. So yeah. please wear tight tight gear for yeah, sure. Yeah, tight tight gear. Um, like you, you, if you want to really save money on the on the rash guards and the spats and stuff, you can go off brand. They're like like. Rash guards have been around forever. Uh, a lot of jujitsu guys think that, oh, rash guards are a jujitsu thing. They're they're not. They actually they started with surfing and uh, and getting like uh, some sun, some sunproofing properties and and like those surf surfing rash guards, the basic basic uh, type. Just thin, type, type, yeah. yeah. It's it's very it's very affordable. And and there are even jujitsu specific ones that are now more value brand, uh, very affordable. Spend twenty dollars. It's, it's it's not it's not gonna rip. It's not gonna break anybody's fingers or toes. Like I, I like you you talked about uh, somebody having a twisted finger and snap. I've broken my pinky twice on somebody's shirt. Mm. Uh, Same pinky. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so uh, yeah, yeah. It's it's just. I know it's like very basic, but having good hygiene and gear, it just makes you so much more, uh, makes you so much more of a, a good training partner to train with. You you don't want any detractors, <sighs> no. especially things that are very simple to solve. Man, simple to solve. And some people can't really, some people, you can't ignore a smell. Yeah. You know, you can't ignore a, an open wound on somebody's mm -hmm. hand when you're going with them. Like you just can't ignore some of those things. <laughs> What's, okay, so what's the what's the weirdest smell that you've run into when you when you're with a training partner? So, I have a pretty good one. So, oh man, that's a. All right, I'll go first. Yeah, because I got a bad one. It's, it's I can't I can't not talk about it. <laughs> right. So, so there was there was this guy at one of, one of my old oh, schools, God. one of my old schools that I went to, uh, and he had this thing for sugary breakfast breakfast cereals right like and and pretty consistently he smelled like fruity pebbles throw up or mm. or fruit loops throw up 
and he was probably my Ooh. least favorite person to interact uh. with. <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah. That's a good. One. We've got a the, we've got a training partner, and it's just it's a, it's a smell. It's kind of like wet cat pee. Wet cat pee. Yeah, it's kind of like. <laughs> I think I've been very successful in avoiding this person. It's a. <laughs> Uh, well, that's probably, I think that's a place that a lot of people don't think about. Like, that's where you can save your training gear. That's where you can save. Don't ball your wet stuff up and put it yeah. in the corner of your bag sure. because you just trained hard. And unless you're, a, you know, unless you're maybe a professional or doing this for, you know, uh, competitively, you're probably going to be tired after a class. Mm -hmm. Your brain usually don't work exactly the way you want it to after class. And you may leave that balled up, sweaty thing of clothes in your bag mm -hmm. or in the back corner of your car. And then it might not be three or four days later before you pick it up. God. And you can't get the smell out of clothes. Yeah. Like, my grandma had this thing where she would put vinegar in the yeah, washing yeah, machine. Yeah. That shit don't work to smell. <laughs> it, it helps, but it doesn't help when that, it's set then you, that Then hard. you smell like yeah. sweat and vinegar. So, <laughs> the vinegar eventually goes oh, away, at least. gosh. <laughs> I remember, like, no, okay. So now, anytime a shirt smells at all, I just throw it away. Because I can't get it. You, <laughs> yeah. can't, you can't really get the smell back out. Yeah, what, what, what kind of happens is um, you'll treat it. You'll soak it. You'll do, you'll do all of the things that the internet tells you. Shirt. Yeah, you'll do everything that the <laughs> internet tells you will work. And it will work. Until about a week later, or as soon as it gets wet. So, say, so, so, so. As soon as you start rolling up. Yeah, it's like yeah, your 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 stuff is gonna end up being must. Once it's musty, there's only you can only maybe bring it back down one level. And especially with especially with geese. Like if if you if you let geese are expensive. Yeah, like take even care of your yeah, and they're they're thick fabric. It's hard to get them to be. Um, completely dry so you have to be very careful because if you leave anything wet uh it ends up picking up a bunch of smell yep. and it's yep. not it's not just it's just it's not just body odor like if 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 it's wet with water yep. it becomes musty and that really doesn't go away and the big uh, when we're talking about you know being a good training partner with me i i will i've literally avoided people um because you know what makes my clothes stink not me yeah, the, I can sweat in my people. clothes all day long. It's the it's the, the, it's the exchange, and I, I I'm taking a shirt off after I got done rolling with this person, and I'm like, oh, gosh, I like this trash card, and I throw it in the trash because it's like, man, I'm going to smell like that person because, man, we're sweating and it's salty yeah, and yeah. It, it soaks up right whatever you're wearing. We're both going to smell yeah. the same and yeah. feel the same. I have a big thing, a big spray bottle of vinegar. So so if you get the vinegar in there before it sets it helps a lot because the the vinegar will like kill a bunch of the bacteria it'll it'll reduce a bunch of the 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 fungus that might be there or whatever all the really small things cuz the the odors are <clears throat> they're really there because you've let things multiply and you didn't get it under control soon enough and we'll probably beat a dead horse at this point, but <laughs> true. I am, uh, when it, well, this is like one of my biggest pet peeves when it comes to training because I don't, I train a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, so my training gear that I have is valuable to me. Um, I need it to last. Uh, you know, I train like today, it won't be a hard training day, but I'll three different rash guards will mm -hmm. be worn, two different pair of compression shorts and 
you know, two pairs of shorts and a pair of sweatpants will be worn today. Mm -hmm. um, I actually hang all of my wet and nasty clothes up. I, I wouldn't dare let it dry in a hamper. I always hang my clothes up. I don't put it in the clothes hamper until they're dry. Mm -hmm. And you can tell a noticeable smell difference there. Um, I like you said about getting it before it gets on too. Like sometimes if it's a bad, like I've tried to save them before, I'll take them home and I'll spray them with a hose pipe outside and let them dry in the sun and that usually will save it too. Yeah, the, the, there's something about the yeah. sun exposure that helps. Yeah, the ties have that figured out. That's a, They let all their gear sit out in the sun to kind of get rid of the smell and uh, a lot of our gloves and stuff at the gym, we, we practice, you've seen it, we practice yeah, yeah, that yeah. at the gym. We put our stuff outside in the sunlight. I, I, guess, I guess the, the UVs uh, kill bacteria, yep. so it's, it's, it's all about controlling the bacteria. Um, I mean, uh, how hard is it at our gym to be a good training partner? You're at a gym full of professional yeah. And, yeah. and amateur fighters that are trying to be professional. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you kind of, it kind of forces you to take ownership in your own strength and ownership mm -hmm. in your own cardio because, yeah. man, you're going to fall, you fall behind just from not being able to move and not be yeah, able to for sure. hold for on. Sure. Uh, and, and like, this is going to, it's going to differ a lot from school to school. Um, I did not have to be in good shape in the other places that I've trained. Yeah, not um, a bit. It's it's different when you have a room full of wrestlers, like like uh, when like you'll always see in any kind of MMA slanted place, right? So uh, <clears throat> the the important thing is really to be able to match the strength and conditioning of your main training partners. Um, having having the ability to kind of give them the right feel um, as far as weight, as far as strength, uh, being able to keep moving and keeping up with them, uh, having general agility, like in order to be the perfect, the per, I mean the perfect training partner is like you have exact match of physicality. Yeah. Yeah. That, that doesn't really happen all the time and uh, really good training partners try and make the physicality as close as possible. Yeah. Yep. Um, the ability to, that's, that's something I talk about, the, the guys that are higher level, our ability to kind of lower, to match someone so we can both mm -hmm. get work. Mm -hmm. You know, that's a, that's an important from both mm -hmm. sides. Too. Yeah. So, uh, so if, if you're pretty weak, it's, it's not that hard to build a baseline. Yeah. You you can you can you could look up any like beginning weight training program. Yeah, there's a ton of them. There's yeah. probably yeah. strength training, beginner strength training for BJJ. You know, yeah. there's probably oh, sure. specific stuff. For out sure, there. I I think that if you're going from kind of like being like I I I did this. I, I was a I was a desk jockey. I didn't really do athletics until I became I don't know mid 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 twenties. Like I I lifted weights a little bit, but it was just to it was really unfocused. It didn't do a ton. Um, and I didn't really start until later on. And uh, it was kind of surprising to me how much of a difference it made just consistently getting 20 or 30 minutes in oh. of, of like the basic compound movements. And it, it might feel a little bit silly when you're, you know, everybody's like, doing two plates or whatever and and you're you're there and you you're squatting the bar but i'm i'm telling you even squatting the bar or doing body weight squats it just it shows up like any kind of load in which you have to like you know create posture with your back is just so valuable in a jujitsu context 
yeah, for sure. That's the little things can be done. Uh, it, you said, you know, how much of a difference 30 minutes a day can make. Um, probably one of the biggest things I've learned from being a professional athlete is that I remember when I growing up, uh, you know, high school and college, um, we, we would lift weights and it would be, we were scheduled, you know, hour and a half weightlifting time, two hour weightlifting time. Um, but it's amazing that when you're super consistent, you know, just mm -hmm. 30 minutes can make, as a professional athlete, 30 minutes of strength is all I do mm -hmm. um, right now. And I'm stronger than I'd ever been, right. um, you know, but it's 30 minutes. And you said this word too, focused. Focused, um, I think yeah. that's that's sure. really cool. Yeah. Thirty minutes of focused strength work. Um, you know, that's it could be in the morning when you wake up. Uh, that's going to make a tremendous difference in the way you move. Yeah, for sure. Um, and in the way you feel for your partners. Yeah, building building basic basic athleticism. Yeah, and that's strength all. strength is a part of that. You know, cardio is a part of that. Mobility is a part of that, which I'm bad at. <laughs> yeah, I think that might even be you know uh, mobility might even be the first place I would maybe start you know if you're if you're feeling you're lacking a little bit of strength it could even be not lacking strength it could be lacking the ability to to move your body into a position to apply strength oh, yeah if you don't if you have no core strength uh you can uh you can't really do a lot of the mobility movements the the mobile things that you need yeah. to do in jujitsu you have to have a, a little bit of strength and yeah. uh yeah th those kind of tie together more more than i would have originally expected when i started like Focusing on trying to build some of those attributes for myself for sure. Yeah um, So I mean well, we, we didn't really address cardio It's the, I mean the cardio thing is pretty simple. You need to be able to move for the whole round Yeah, uh, like you don't like you don't well, I guess don't, even back it up You need to be able to move for the whole warm-up and you need to be able to move for the drills And then you need to be able to move for the technique Yeah uh, you know, there's a lot of parts yeah. before we get to the rolls. Holy cow if, if you're not able to make it through all of the rolls, <laughs> then that means maybe you should spend a little bit of time on a bike or a treadmill. Yeah, yeah, that's probably that's probably yeah. a good brand, right? If you yeah. can't make it through the rolls, you probably need to do something mm -hmm. extra for your general fitness. Yeah, that's that's and that's honestly something that I'm working on right now. I'm trying to build the the baseline aerobics because I have I, I have the strength dialed in enough for for my weight. Um, I have. <laughs> random mobility in certain spots and <laughs> zero mobility in others that's that's a work in progress too but right now i'm finding that i can't i can't keep moving the way that my main training partners need me to for the entire round yeah. or or i'm useless for the next guy and that's it's <laughs> not ideal either right so yeah. yeah um okay here we go show up consistently that's a that's another good one. Yeah, consistent training partners. We're actually running into an issue right now at our gym, um, where uh, during the virus, yeah. um, you know what I'm talking about. You know what he's talking about. <laughs> yeah, during, during that time, yeah, um, where we had to stay in our houses. Uh, <laughs> exactly. We we kind of we, we split up into smaller training groups, um, and that was to protect. We have guys that you know fight in the UFC. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So we had to protect, uh, you know, their exposure and, and all. So so what it done is it, it split a lot of the groups up, um, and and our main classes are missing some of the guys, yeah. Uh, yeah. and it kind of builds into a thing. I remember me and you talking a year ago, and you were like, "Man, well these classes just aren't people aren't coming." I'm like, "Yeah, well they're coming at this time and this time on these days, so they're not they're in here, but they're they're not there." So yeah, consistent training partners. That's uh, 
it's a big problem about everywhere. We got you got to be consistent. I mean, you, it's just anything. If you're going to learn anything, I need I need consistency. Yeah, and it and and it's not like you have to be there all the time, but if you have like like if if you're like bigger and and you need to work with people who are bigger you know you you kind of have to like be able to match like the ideal training partners uh up by class and make sure that you're able to get like the kind of work that you need like there there are days that I avoid going to class when I would honestly I would like to go to class because there aren't people that are uh the right kind of physical or skill match yeah so like <clears throat> I went from training five days a week down to training three because those three just kind of ended up being where all of the the good training partners kind of yeah. like you know came together that's where they end up at yeah and and that's and and if you have that kind of dynamic and one or two of those training partners is missing the the, the quality of training it kind of goes down yeah. Yeah, definitely. Especially when you get in a rhythm with somebody. And you, you uh, jiu-jitsu is one of those feel things. And you get a partner that you get used to being with. Yeah. Um, you know, you can really grow with somebody. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I've got guys that, you know, we, we'll spend a year in a loop. Yeah. Where we're working the same set of stuff. It's just because I've kind of got familiar with you. I know you're good there. Mm -hmm. You know, I want to be good there. And I want to learn everything you're doing. Um, so we'll, we'll roll that same stuff for a year until I'm like, okay, I think I figured this out. Let's go to the next thing. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, show, show up, show up when you're supposed to talk to your training partners. It's, and it's use an app, right? Use yeah, an app. You could, you, you could use an app. You could text. If, if you have one like very primary training partner, you should probably have their number. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, hey, you coming today? Yep. I'm coming. All right. See you there. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's it's really not it's it's not that hard, but I I, I swear sometimes you get guys in jujitsu who just have no no social skills. They don't, they don't have any idea that they can just they could literally be like, hey man, can I, you know can we exchange numbers so that you know I, I can make sure that <laughs> I see <you> tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, no, for yeah. sure. What, what, yeah. I, I, I I'm in. Our, one of our big groups, so our, our heavyweights, we have a guy, Kerry uh, Miller, one of our amateurs. Um, he's going to Worlds in, in a week and a half. He is probably one of the best at, at utilizing a, just a, a basic group message with his heavyweights. And they got yeah. some funny yeah. name they tag on to it. Yeah, but yeah. those big guys make yeah. sure that, yeah, yeah. that they train two to three days a week where they're like, hey, I'm coming in. This is our separate yeah. session. Um, so utilize that, man. That that's that's big. You get a you get a couple guys that you know, some some schools work in groups of three. Um mm -hmm. and I like when groups of three, you know, find you a training partner or two that that you can kinda count on and make an accountability group. You know, that's uh, I know it's a hobby, you know, it's something you're doing outside of work and you probably have your friends that man, make you a couple guys that mm -hmm. that these are your these are your hobbyist friends, you know, these are the guys that yep. You make sure they're there so y'all can drill together and do the right, you know, do the stuff. Yeah, I feel like people are getting pretty bad at uh, establishing those those friendships with people in it's, real life now. It's crazy, but, right? But, uh, you know, it'll, it'll, it'll help your growth if you uh, are willing to talk to people outside of class. So crazy. <laughs> that, that is yeah. super interesting. Yeah. And that's another thing that came from the virus. The virus, yeah. That, it, helped, it, that helped nothing. <laughs> nothing, like... <laughs> 
It just made it, it kind of made people that way, right? Yeah. Where it's like, ah, oh, well, I can just kind of slip yeah, off people, and go to my house and yeah. do everything yeah, I need people, here. <laughs> so besides besides showing up <clears throat> when you say you're going to show up, and you know, committing to training with your training partners, which seems like a no brainer. Let's talk about how to actually <clears throat> like physically and mentally be a good training partner in terms of you know, actually engaging in the drills, maybe, maybe the rolling part too, but let's go with the drills first. Drills. Uh, this is always, um, it's so funny when you, you know, kind of helping with a class and you're seeing the class and you see so different mixed levels and you, you got people coming to class that may have never done, you know, anything. Sure. Um, Try to really pay. Try try to really pay attention. You know, if, if it was somebody starting on the mats, I try to give them this this little outline. Like, hey, do you know anything? And they usually will tell me, you know, yes or no. And I'm like, okay, well, if you can, act as if you don't. Yeah. You know, try try your best to to pay attention to the details. Like, um, you can get it. I promise. I know it's really foreign to you, mm -hmm. but you, you can get it. You know, and, uh, I told you a story the other day of a guy in a class. He wanted to ask questions before he tried the move and it's like you know, try the move try to figure it out like look at jujitsu that way like you're trying to figure something out like you know we talk about being a hobbyist right like we're talking about finding something to find joy out of this mm -hmm. you know figure it out like uh make sure you're paying attention make sure you're watching the key points of the instructor yeah, yeah. um you know and, and then if you have a training partner with you unless they are brand new they have, they, they have some input. They right, probably yeah. have seen the drill the instructor's doing. And, and he might not know, but if he says, hey, the, the, when you put your head here, you got to put your feet here. Yeah, for sure. You should listen to that, yeah. you know, especially if you're brand new. So that would probably be the first place to start, right? Yeah, the, that, I mean, that makes that makes sense to me. Um, also, like, <clears throat> they say there's no dumb questions. That's not that's not true. Like, there there are dumb questions. You You can't ask a good question unless you try it first. You have to you have to find your sticking point. If you don't find your sticking point, you're not going to be able to ask a question that's actually going to move the needle for you. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's always a weird dynamic, right? The yeah. guy the guys that have to ask a question. Um, I did. I, I tell people when when I when I know people have committed to me, uh, I, I don't do lessons, um, private lessons, just sporadically. You always tell when I have somebody that commits, I, I kind of give them that outline, like, hey, maybe we don't ask a question for six weeks yeah. let's let's just just try to figure it out like just try to do what we're saying like i know you're not going to understand it mm -hmm. you know just try to do what they're telling you to do i promise especially if it's new to you you know they they have an idea of the way they want you to move mm -hmm. believe in that you know yeah. and try sure. to try to follow with that yeah don't keep altering the drills to, to, to uh cover up your insufficiencies <laughs> Oh, I wasn't paying attention. Shouldn't I just do this? No, no, <laughs> yeah. no. Do exactly no, what yeah. the instructor's showing, please. Yes, get get as get as close as you possibly can first, and then after you get there, that's when you can ask an intelligent question. Yeah. I I'm having trouble getting my leg over here. Is there something that I can do about that? You know, so that's where the good questions happen. That's that's how you get the yeah. most out of the drill is by genuinely staying engaged and trying to do it and then well because you run into your own problems then, and then you can like oh wait a minute now I, I see the way they're doing that but i can't do that can you help and that'll show the instructor will see that you're trying to move i mean uh numerous times and you've heard me say it to my kids i i look at a kid that asked me a question and i'm like can you not look 
Look yeah. at them. They're they're doing it the same way. Mm-hmm. You got to at least try to get close. Yeah. Like you got to at least yeah, come on, copy, copy them. Yeah. You know, and, and you'll have a six year old look at me, look back, and then they'll start trying to copy, and then they're like, "But I can't do this." Oh, now it's yeah. time to show and time to yeah, learn. Yeah. Um, I mean, I I kind of view jujitsu as like a pretty much a a purely physical feel based kind of thing. For sure. And uh, words aren't that good for that. Like. <laughs> Like, nah. like words, words just barely kind of like nudge the flow of thinking. Really, yeah. like it's... the only way I can really teach somebody something is I have to grab, I yeah. have to grab you and say, "Hey, let me let me show you what it feels like." I can't really describe yeah. what I want you to see. Yeah, I mean, you um, you can you can get close, but it's never the same as the actual feel. Yeah, the actual physical feel. That's why it's important to be a good you know for being a good partner. You have to give that. You gotta try to make it look look the way it's supposed to look, so it feels the way it's supposed to feel. Yeah, so sure. it's gonna work the way it's supposed to work. Um, <clears throat> so, <clears throat> kind of a part of this focus is it feels like if you're not with a training partner that's being engaged when you know it's your turn. Oh, I was just not being engaged. Okay. Right. <laughs> That's what they do, though. Yeah, exactly. Have you ever, yes. have you ever drilled with yeah, okay. one select guy in our yeah. group? I mean, you saw how much that off-tracked me. <laughs> yeah, I'm just yeah. like, are you paying attention to what the instructor is saying? Like, really? Yeah, yeah. Hey, that's so a you, good you, one. I got you. You got I'm me up. really good. Check. Yeah. Good. That's a YouTube show. Right it there. is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, staying engaged. You have to be mentally engaged, and you have to be physically engaged. So when you're... Being mentally engaged is kind of like what we were talking about before. Like, you try to do the drill. Then you ask questions if you need to. You know, stay within the bounds of the drill. That goes such try, a long way. Yeah, try, try, to, try to understand what the drill's for. What the technique might be used in. Like, there's, like, oh, I could use this submission chain. I could use this movement chain. So, stay engaged. Be thinking about it. Uh mental and it should be fascinating so so just just like stay mentally engaged and being physically engaged is a is another it's super important yeah that's that's yeah that's a skill kind of on itself right like uh Mm -hmm. staying physically engaged so that's actually something i think uh, when people be uh, beginners and then man when you get to a certain level too when you're trying to watch details you're you're kind of letting the person do the move to you and you're trying to watch what they're doing and then you fall over yeah you know so like staying physically engaged like okay i gotta stay a good base i I need to i wouldn't just fall over to my side i wouldn't just fall over to my face and get extended you know uh trying to stay physically engaged to to keep a good base to keep a good posture yeah Um, i think those are super important for drilling you got the guys you try to drill when their face hits the mat yeah you're and and if you're if you're supposed to post in order to make the technique chain go forward post (laughs) Like, like, like be, be, a, be a good training partner on, on the, you know, uke or the receiving end as well as, you know, trying to do the drill for yourself as well. Yeah. But the, the give and take there, like yeah. making sure that your, 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 your job is a good partner. And I talk to my kids about this all the time. One of my biggest goals as a kid's instructor, um, is to teach them to be good partners. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, as kids, Skill level and size change so quickly. Oh my goodness! Yeah. Um, you know, and you have it in a, a, jiu- yeah. a big jujitsu yeah. class too. Yeah. You know, with kids, it changes so quickly. So, like, I have to, the nine-year-old that just hit a growth spurt has to be gentle with the eight-year-old that they were just the same size three weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. 
So, you know, really teaching kids how to be good partners and how to be good drill partners. Like, hey, listen, you can't run them over that bar. Like, give them a feel. Don't stop them completely. Yeah. You know, if they're not doing the move correctly, that's okay. Mm-hmm. But, you know, allow them to do the move, you know. And kids really grasp that soon. I think that's just a conversation needs yeah, to be had sure. more with sure. beginners. It's yeah. just, hey, like, a little give and take there. Mm-hmm. You don't have to win every position by 30 points. You just got to win it by one. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. And that'll help you <clears throat> tremendously being a good drill partner. Yeah. Um, so that kind of like that physical engagement, um, when, when I'm doing a lot of drilling with somebody, I try to kind of, um, provide a scaling resistance that happens through the class. Like you start with a little bit of a base that can be broken just so you can get like the gross motion. Right. Yeah. And then, and then you just kind of like step it forward like to to where by the end you're at i don't know maybe 70 percent resistance yeah you know Some, yeah and that, and that's like all that. that's yeah. all a high level like when we're, we're we're getting ready in competition you know like a, a high level competition practice that's the style we do you know we mm-hmm. show a move we'll hit it a couple times get the feel of the move and then it's like okay pick the pace up pick yeah, the pace up sure. and now we stay within bumpers you know and that's something definitely worth talking about a little bit is putting up bumpers and if we're supposed to be working on a guard pass to side control, not ending up wrestling takedowns. Yeah. You yeah. know, uh, it doesn't build to the point where you lose sight of it emotionally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and you know, lose your focus emotionally and it turns into a competitive. No, it isn't competitive mm-hmm. outside of the bumpers. It isn't. If you, you know, if both of you stood up, we should stop restarting the position we're in. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I really, uh, by the end, that, that almost live scenario is, that's where that's where the growth that's that's what you're trying to be to be a valued partner um even for the guys that do it for a living you know that's Mm -hmm. what that's why you'll see at our gym you'll see some of the pros grab normal guys and drill and and work with them because it's like hey you're a valuable drill partner Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter anything else you're valuable Um, so that that's i think that's probably the biggest one it's being able to stay engaged in those and build a drill yeah um from from a you know both of us build a move to man, we're trying to work it and give each other resistance. Yeah, and <clears throat> and like as as a beginner to something that's kind of this is pretty complicated, right? There's there's just so much there's just so much uh feel involved in becoming a good drilling partner. If if you're trying to become a good drilling partner, it's going to take time. Like you you can knock out the you know the hygiene and the gear stuff right away, no problem. Please. Super super Please, easy. Dude, super could. easy. Uh, so check that one off the list first. That's super easy for you. Uh, the conditioning will happen slowly. You know, it, you know, just conditioning, strength, cardio, mobility, that all can happen slowly. Um, you should be able to focus, mentally engage as much as possible. But the, the, the physical feel, the give and take, that, take, that takes a while. Like, oh, yeah. And that, you get, and you, yeah. Even still eight, nine, ten years into it of just jujitsu, you know, and back almost yeah. twenty wrestling. Yeah. Um got better yesterday. Mm-hmm. I, I got yeah. better yesterday at the feel mm-hmm. with one of our high level wrestlers. Um, you know, so that's something that you're that I'm always working on. You know, if you make and I, you said just a second and I like that you you talked about uh if you set the if you set a goal to, to be a better, you know, training partner, I think mm-hmm. that right there is your well, that helps a lot. That's your first step because you're yeah. you're genuinely tr- saying, "Hey, you know what? I recognize that I need to be better here." 
Right, um, for sure. You know, and that's that's the big one. That's that's a that's what I love about our, the atmosphere at our gym with mm-hmm. a fighting atmosphere. For, even for our jujitsu culture and for mm-hmm. our kickboxing culture, it kind of motivates those. We uh, use Big John as an example. You know, mm-hmm. him being in there with Carrie and me training all the time. He's like, man, I have to do jujitsu every day. Y'all do it two, three times a day. Why would I not do it once a day? <laughs> yeah, for sure. You know, so it's a yeah. cool motivating uh, yeah. thing that helps with that consistency. Yeah, for sure. So. Uh... So yeah, I mean, just just be patient with yourself. Putting some focus on trying to be as good a training partner as possible will pay dividends. It's gonna it's gonna help. You're gonna you're gonna higher quality training partners will find you, and you're going to learn more with them than somebody who's willing to work with you even though you're not being a good partner. So like you kind of you kind of like. You end up latching onto certain people, and then you kind of build together. And then the people who aren't good training partners, they get left behind. Yeah. 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 Quickly. Yeah. Uh, okay. So, I guess one one last one last uh, little tidbit is you should probably be friendly. <laughs> like, like that seems that seems like a no brainer. Yeah, but how how important is that? I don't necessarily need to carry on a conversation. Now, if in, in my hobby, if that's what I'm looking for, it is a little more camaraderie there. But, um, you know, if I'm looking for a good drill partner, uh, interaction as far as friendly and stuff, that that's not necessarily important to me. Now, you, you can't be not friendly. Yeah. Because I apologize, but we could that gets straightened out. You know, it yeah. can't, can't be not friendly. But, you know, I, I don't know if necessarily, like if you're, I don't think you have to be a friendly person. I, I think if you're a business, yeah. Um, you at know, le- this guy at least respectful. Yeah, yeah. I guess that would be it. And, and respect in this sense would be staying focused, staying on task, mm-hmm. doing what you're asked. Like, you know. So I, I don't know necessarily. Obviously, be friendly, be friendly, <laughs> love people, share love. That's. <laughs> that, that, yeah. But that's it. But uh, you know, as far as I have a few training partners where they're they're not necessarily friendly. You know, but they they are some of my best training partners. But if you're a hobbyist like me, <laughs> be, be friendly. Be, being be friend, friendly, if you if you can be friendly, then that's probably your best bet. If you can have, if you can find it in yourself. And I guess in the two guys that are not friendly, in their defense, they're two of the baddest <laughs> yeah. people I've ever touched in my life. Um, we could yeah. go into a whole lot more about how you might <clears throat> get more out of rolling a certain way. But that's kind of like beyond the, the scope of this episode. So uh, we hope you enjoyed this first episode of the Jiu-Jitsu Junction podcast. And uh, we will see you next time.